Shalom, my brother. Rabbi, the Messiah has said the daf mem chesteres. Daf discusses the takonos that you can go to made about vidui maestros and maestros. Um, we learn about what the what the Mishnah meant when it said ma'irim and noikfim. We discuss the different things that we lost with the end of Sanhedrin and the corporate bias. We learn about some of the negative effects of music. We discuss who the neviim or shayinim were and some of the. Hespedim we made on some Tanoim. We learn about the Shamir worm. We learn about the meaning of the word Noifes Tzufim and Ketane Emono. Now we said that Yechelen Kai Gadol was Mevatel the Vidoi Maestris. Why? So Yisbrechenin explains. Actually, he made it unnecessary. Well, People weren't giving Meister correctly. The way that the Torah mandates. The Torah says to give Meister to Levim, and they were giving it to Kaihanim. So the Gemara says, okay, great, so you could be Mavatal that without being, being Mavatal the rest of the Vidu Meisters. The Vidu Meisters wasn't just on Meister. Rishlakir says, you're right, but since they were violating Meister Rishon and giving it to Kaihanim instead of Levim, we're, we're mevatel the entire vidui because you have to say that I did my Rishon correctly before getting to the rest of the Maeser vidui. You can't start at Be'emes, you don't finish at Be'emes. The, all the Maesers, that whole declaration was annulled. I explains that it begins with the Maeser Rishon, so we stopped everything. So the Gemara brings a Raya that we actually didn't stop saying vidui Maesers because in the Brisa we learned... Not only was he was geyser on Demai, that everyone has to be mafresh when you buy from an Amaret. Because he did a uh, poll in all of Eretz Yisrael. He saw that they weren't being mafresh. All Trumas and Maestros, they were just doing Trumagdaila. Some were, some weren't. So he called everybody together and he said, My sons. Just like Chuma Gadoila is a very big Isser if you don't take that off. Chuma's Maiser and Tevala are just as big of an Avera. The, the, the Torah wants you to do all of them. So he therefore was Misakin from then on. And if anyone buys food from an Amaaretz, he has to take off Maiserishan and Maisershani. Maiserishan has taken off of it Chuma's Maiser, and that's given to the Koyan. Maisershani is brought into Yerushalayim to be eaten. Maiserishan and Maiserani. At the end of the day, you see that they weren't being mafrish. Shumas Meiser, Meiser Rishon, Meiser Shani. Where it answers that Yochanan was actually masakin two things. He said, when you're buying fruit from a reliable Yid, there you have to. Even though we normally, until then, they did video maestros, you cannot say video maestros anymore. And the second gazera he made was when buying Demai from an Amaaretz, you have to take off Maeser Rishon and Maeser Shani. The Mishnah says he was also Mevatel the Me'oyririm. What are Me'oyririm? So, Chavet tells us that every day the Levim would get up on the Duchen to sing their Shira, they would say, Ura Lombatishan Hashem, wake up while Hashem while you're sleeping. So they told the Levim, well, Hashem doesn't sleep. When Klai Yisrael 
is left in a state of tsar and the and the goyim are menachas, they're fine. It's a representation, it seems, Kaviyocho, like Hashem, is unawake. That's what the Levim were saying, in a homiletic way, obviously, that, that Hashem should wake up from that sleep that we are experiencing. From our perspective, it's, it's as if Hashem is sleeping. He was also mevatel the noikvim. One of the noikvim, Yehuda Mashmol says that before they would they would shech this car, the the carbonis, they would uh, give it a little wound between uh, its horns, and the the blood would from this little cut would drip down into their into the cow's eyes, would make it easier to shech it. But he was mevatel because it looked like they were bring, giving it a mum. In Abraisa, we learned uh, differently that they would hit it with sticks, the way that. Uh, they would the Oiv Devadizar would beat their kabbanas. So he told them, "Guys, how? Why are you guys eating, bringing nevelas onto the mizbeach?" The Gemara says it wasn't actually nevelas, but it could be it was it was treif because if they hit it on the head in the right way, it can cause brain damage and make it a treifa. To help with the shechita that they clearly needed help with, he was misaking to put these rings in the ground to hold down the animal. He also stopped the, the hammers in Yerushalayim. The Gemara explains on Cholamoid. People were working on Cholamoid. It was something that would be a loss of money. He was misaking that even that you shouldn't do because it looked like people were just going to work like normal. And people stopped having issues of demai because he was misaking that you have to be mafresh on anything you buy from an Amaretz. In the next Mishnah, we learn that when we lost the Sanhedrin, they stopped singing songs in the uh, party houses based on the Pasuk Bashir Lo Yishtu Yayin. And when the Nevi'im HaRishonim passed away, we lost the Urim V'tumim. When we lost the Beis HaMikdash, we lost the Shamir, we lost Nefes Tzufim, we lost the Anshe Amono in Kala Yisrael. We see this in the Pasuk of Hoshia Hashem Kikom HaChosid. And Hoshim Ben Gamliel says that Rabbi Yeshua testified that when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, since then, there is not a day that goes by that we don't have a, a curse. The dew stopped falling with the bracha. It's not a bracha de gadu. And we lost the flavor of the, of the fruits. It's less directly connected to Hashem. doesn't taste as good. Rabbi Yossi says we also lost the shuman, the, the fat of the fruits. Rabbi Shimon says... The tahara took away the flavor and the smell and the maestras took away the fat of the grain. The Chachamim tell us that all of this was caused by Znus and Kishof. Everything we lost. The Gemara says, how do we know that the Pasuk saying that they stopped singing in the bars and the, in the parties had to do with the bittel of Sanhedrin. So if Huna Bayer explains, we see this in the Pasuk, Zekeinim, referring to Sanhedrin, Meshar Shivtoi Bechurim Mineginosom. And Rav Udna, Rav says that a home that has music will be uprooted. Rav says at the end, a home with music will be destroyed. Based on the Pasuk, Kol Yeshayur Bachaloin Cherev Besaf ki arza ara. What's this ki arza ara? Ravitzchok explains the house that's that's surrounded. Well, Ravitzchok he asks rather like what just because 
a house has arozim, uh, it has cedar trees around it, it makes it a city? No, it means that even if it has this protection of cedar trees around it, it'll still be torn down because of the music. And Ramashi says, you see from here, that the destruction starts from the doorpost. Because it says that there of basaf. Saf is a doorpost. Others say you from another pasuk of she'io yukas shar starts from the gate. of Ashi, that he himself saw the demon that causes this, and it gores like an ox. Rav Huna says that those who are singing or have song while they're pulling a boat. Uh, it's a certain job or while plowing that's well, that's allowed because that's just to help with the boredom but those who are weaving listening to music that doesn't help with their work that's just for uh and that's usher the place can nowadays are nowadays are, are make all about this from which has a big truth about it Rav Huda was mevatel music so there were no more parties and no one was buying goose which apparently was a big party food and uh, they were, the geese were therefore very cheap. You could buy a hundred of them for for a zuz. You could buy a hundred saw of wheat for a zuz. It was very cheap. And still, no one was buying it. Rav Chista, he allowed music. And the, therefore, the, the geese were very expensive. Every goose costed a zuz. But still, you couldn't find any on the shelves. They were all bought out. Rabbi Yosef says that if you're singing in re- responsa, uh, the, that a man sings and the woman answer, that's pretzos. But if the woman are singing and the men answer, that's combustible. That's like a fire uh, because the, the men have to listen closely to respond to the woman singing. The nafkamina is uh, which one of these menhagim should you be mevatel first? And we should be mevatel the one where the woman are singing and the men are responding. Birchanan says that anybody who drinks the four different types of song, he brings five different calamities to the world based on the Pasuk Havim Ashkime Babaiker, Sheikha, Yudofu, Meachar, Ebenesh of Yayin, Yayin, Likim, Hoya, Kino, and Evel, Toif, Vichalil, four types of music, Vayayin, Mishdeim, Ves, Poyla, Shevlo, Yabitu. And then right afterwards, after drinking by these four types of music, the Pasuk says, Lachin, Gola, Ami, Mibli, Das, it causes Golos, Ochvoy, the Mesi, Rav, it brings. Starvation, makes people forget their learning. Causes aloneness to call Yisrael. And issues referring to Hakadosh drags Yisrael down. It also says afterwards, there's a Sha'ola, one way ticket to Gehenim also, causes ruin to Yerushalayim. Our Mishnah, moving on, mentioned the Nevi'im Rishonim. Who were these Nevi'im Rishonim? So Rav Huna says, it's referring to Dovich, Shmuel, and Shlomo. Achvin says, while our Mishnah says that we lost the Urim Batumim after the Nevi'im Rishonim, during the days of David, sometimes they did get a response from the Rambatumim. You see that Tzadok uh, asked the Rambatumim, and he got an answer. When Avetzar asked, he didn't get an answer. 
he left the kuhnu because of that. Rabbi Bashmol asks, wait, you're saying that we lost it by the times of uh, David, Bashlomo was gone? The Pasuk says, it's talking about that they were asking the Urim Vatumim. The Gemara says, no, they were asking the Vim. By Zechariah, they didn't have the Urim Vatumim. So the next Gemara asks, yeah, but we, we learned that by the time the first base of Exodus was destroyed, we lost the Ari and the Vim. We lost our Urim Vatumim and we lost the, the, the Malchus of Beis David. And if someone asks, "Ay," the pasuk says, "Vayoyimer," his rashto lehem ashalu yoyichlu mikodesh agdoshim at amud koyein leurim v'tumim. The times in the Nehemiah they were talking about the urim v'tumim over there. That was just in the future. They were saying, you know, if you want to know if you're a koyein, you have to wait until Mashiach comes. So we have tchias amesim when we get the urim v'tumim back. That's in the Reisha. Over here, it's mashma that the Urva Tumim lasted all the way through the, the bias Risha. And Rav Huda said it was already battled by the time Shlomo Melech came around. Rav Nachman Yitzchak answers that the Nevi Mershonim don't necessarily mean David Shlomo, David Shlomo and Shmuel. It means the people earlier than Zechariah, Chagai, and Malachi, and they were the Achroinim. So anyone before then, at some point before them, we lost the Urva Tumim. We back this up from the moment and said, Aleph. That when it says that when Chagi, Zechariah, Malachi were Nifter, we lost Ruach HaKodesh. We still had Baskols. That we did have. We see they were uh, eating in base Gurya's attic in Yericho. And a Baskol came out and said, there's someone amongst you who should have the Shechina Shera on him, but it's not just because of the Dar that he's living in. The generation isn't worthy of the Shechina being there. And they all looked at Hillel Azokin. When Hillel was Nifter, they said, he, uh, he was such a chassid, he was Mavater, he was an Onov, and a Talmud of Ezra. Just like Ezra brought Tari from Bavel, Hillel brought Tari from Bavel. Another time they were in, they were sitting in the attic in Yavne, and another Basco came out and said, someone amongst you should have the Shekhinah Shara in him, it's just that the door isn't worthy of it, and they all looked at Shmuel HaKotan. He was a Makdid himself, made himself small. Maybe he was not as great as the original Shmuel. Like the Yerushalmi says, the Yadar Amos says that he was cut on because he didn't get Nevuah because of his dar, like Shmuel did. Katnus, meaning someone who hasn't reached his potential. He, Shmuel Akotan didn't make it because of his dar. When Shmuel Akotan was lifted, they said, Hi, Onov, Hi, Chosid, the Talmud of Hillel. We know that Shmuel Akotan did have some sense of of Ruch HaKodesh of Neshara on him because before he died he said that uh, Shimon and Yishmael are going to be killed by sword and, and their friends, the other Chachamim are going to be killed as well and the rest of Klai Yisrael is going to experience tragedies going to be death amongst Klai Yisrael which was an accurate prediction they wanted to also make a Hesped on Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba they were going to say, I chosed, I onov. But since he was killed by, that he was one of the Arugim Alchus, to be masked someone who the king kills can put those who are lauding the dead in great Zakana. Now we said that when the Basement was, was destroyed, we lost the Shamir. The Gemara tells us that this, this Shamir was how Shlomo built the Pesach Mikdash based on the Pasuk. 
That's where Rabbi Huda understands they were perfect stones. They they weren't chiseled out. In order to do that, Shlomo Melech used the shamir, which didn't have to chisel away. The shamir naturally cut through the stones. Rabbi Nechemia says you can't you can't you can't say that they used the shamir. The base of the pasuk says Kol Bimagra, that they use these iron sharp tools to cut those stones. Die. How could they have used iron stones according to Rabbi Nechemia? The Apostle says, you, you, you couldn't hear any iron, any tools in the base of Mikdash. No, he says that they would chisel them out outside the base of Mikdash and bring them in. But Rabbi sides with Rabbi Yehuda. says that they did use the Shamir by the Avne base of Mikdash. But he says, Rebbe Nechemia, with the tools, that was when Shlomo was building his own palace. Those were his two big construction projects. So according to Rebbe Nechemia, what did they use the Shamir for? For the stones and the choshen and the ephod. You couldn't just write on them with ink, because it has to be petuche choshen, engraved. But you also couldn't scratch out of them with a, with a knife, because they have to be bimilu oison, they have to be complete. So what they would do is they would draw a sketch with ink on the stones and put the shamir on the ink. It would follow the sketch and it would automatically create a crevice like uh, a fig cracking in the summer or a valley cracking in the winter that none of this stone actually goes missing with this crack. Gemara describes the shamir. It brings a Tesefta that says that the Shamir was the size of a piece of barley created during the Sheshis Mebereshis, and nothing can stand it. It's, it. It can cut through anything. The way you keep a Shamir is you put it into a bale of wool, a bunch of wool, and you put that into a tube made of lead, and you put in some coarse barley for it to eat. Rabbi Ami says when the base of was when the first base of was destroyed, we also lost. It became very very rare to find this fancy silk, the shira parnada, and this white glass. Everybody said that adds. You also couldn't find these uh, this rech of barzel, these uh, chariots of war of steel. Some say we also lost this yayin karst, this congealed wine from Hermon, which it was so thick it was like a fig cake. Pressed figs. Now, Mishnah also mentioned we lost the Nefes Tufim. What's that? You know, Tyrus compared to Nefes. It's sweeter than Nefes Tufim. So, Rav says it's uh, Nefes Tufim is a type of flour that's so thick it sticks to the sieve. It's so thick it looks like it was already mixed with, with honey and oil. Levi says Nefes Tufim are when you put these two loaves into the oven and they poof. They expand so much that they combine in the oven. If Yeshua ben Levi says, it's honey that comes from this mountaintop, this lookout on a mountain. You see, he gets this from uh, Rav Sheshis' translation of Nefes Tufim. He describes it as a, as this, as a uh, bees that fly in the air and they bring this honey from the mountaintops. That's what Nefes Tufim is, special honey. Next, we have a Mishnah that says, uh, the Gemara brings a Mishnah that when you're pouring something tahar into something tameh, even though there's a stream attaching it, it won't be metame, the stuff in the upper container. Besides for honey, 
zifim and tzfichim, where it's such a thick consistency that it, it is considered connective. What is zifim? You have two uh, two options. Either Rabbi Yochanan says it's very thick honey. You can mix it with, with wine and water, and it's still so thick. And Rish Lakish says zifim is just uh, a place. It's a place called zif. The Pasuk says zif telem and be'olois. They're all places. So we, similarly, we have a, we have a Pasuk of be'bohazifim and David. And over there we ask what Zifim is. Rabbi Yochanan says, that's referring to people who are Messiah, their words, they lie. They don't speak Yashar. And Rabbi Lazar says, no, Zif is a place. The Mishnah also said we lost Anshe Amona. Rabbi Yitzchak says, it's referring to people who trust their mammon in Hashem. In the Bryce, Rabbi Lazar Agodol says, Anyone who has bread in his basket, he has food for today, and he's worrying about what he's going to eat tomorrow, he's considered a katane amono. So Rabbi Lozer says, uh, the Pasuk of Kimi Voz Liyoim Katanois is telling us that what's going to make Tzadikim have a, an embarrassing table, said Lavai, they're not going to get their full schar because of the, the lack, the shallow emuna that they had in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.